You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't call it a comeback. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, who almost pulled off an undefeated week. Although I think, John, you said 3-0 and and we had to delay the release. So the Clippers spoiled your undefeated week, but you weren't predicting that game. So we're going to give it to you. You got your 3-0. and I think I said 0-3. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> I was definitely in a disgruntled mood and not all that optimistic about a road trip, considering how it had gone in the past. But they obviously started it off right. A real high note. Uh, kind of just a smoke show against Golden State, really. Um, almost a letdown against Sacramento. That, that was uh, heroics from Hayward in the last – seconds there really cool shot and i think the thing that i noticed was how much he hung in the air uh Mm -hmm. before the release on that which i thought that was the one thing that really stood out to me um just really over the uh, course of the entire week i know he didn't score as many points as he did against golden state but that shot itself it just it looked like he had it back like he knew what his body had always done in the past and he was really able to make it do it. I don't know. And just a hang time there. It was great. And then, you know, they go and uh, they get a nice convincing win against the Lakers and LeBron's going to miss the playoffs for the first time in his entire career. So I'm sure uh, no matter how nice him and Kyrie play with each other, I'm sure Kyrie relishes that a little bit. And then, uh, you know, a big letdown loss against the Clippers, but the team played hard. And I would say, too, you kind of expect that after a long road trip towards the end and especially some some big wins. You almost had to predict a letdown, especially when it didn't come against Sacramento. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think we're going to know more about how bad that, that Clippers loss is, was, uh, once we see how the Celtics play Thursday night against the Kings. You know, I think that's the, that's the litmus test because that's the, that's the issue with this team all along. They've gone through these good stretches, right? Where everything's good. Everything's, everything's fixed. Everything's wonderful. And then something bad happens. And then how do you respond to it? And a lot of times they respond to it by staying and going further in the hole than they were before. So the question will be, what does that team look like? First, game back after a long road trip. Usually that's a pretty tough game. Usually teams don't come out all that well, but the Sulks having that extra day between 
when they're playing and when they actually uh, get back on the court should help in that quite a bit. But I, I, that's what I'm looking at is, you know, what is, what does the team look like Thursday night against the Kings? Are they going to show some energy? Are they going to show the same fight? I mean, I, I thought you're right that the game against the Clippers was really one where Celtics really, I thought didn't play that badly. Really? I mean, apart from Marcus Morris and some of the defensive effort from, from Rozier, but Clippers were just unbelievable. Uh, they were, they were, <laughs> they were, they weren't just, just on fire. fire. They were, they were, they were liquid. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, there, there was really just no recovery though. You know, they talk about defense being on a string. That was the issue. That's one of the issues that's faced this team all season long. Like I realized they were hot shooting, but just the, Team dynamics on team defense, right? That's when they get burned. So lots of individual effort and lots of hustle, and they didn't let up and they didn't give up, which is a good thing. But, you know, they really just weren't recovering, uh, especially on the pick and roll defense. And that's, that's the thing that's pointed to all these chemistry issues all year long. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was what Marcus Smart said in the, in the post game was, you know, we got to communicate better on defense. And Al Horford you know, apparently was you know, kind of next to him during the interview and kind of just said, you know, preach, preach brother. You know, that's not good. That's not good that that's, you know, we're, you know, game, whatever it is, game 70 here, game 71. And we're still trying to figure out how to talk to each other. That's, that's not a good sign, but you know, at the same point, you can see them be connected. You can see them do that. Um, those are the type of things you could see fall off in, in a fourth game on the road, you know, basically six days in LA. I mean, that's, that's not good for anyone's liver, you know? <laughs> so I think there's, there's a, a real, not good for anyone's liver. I love it. <laughs> well, especially when Tatum's turned 21 on the trip too. I mean, let's, let's be real here. I mean, that. I think that that has something to do with all this. Um, maybe, maybe he was, you know, maybe he was, it was the shoulder. That's why he played so relatively poorly against the Lakers, but, um, he looked like he was having a good time. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Jalen Brown gets to start in his absence, right? Mm-hmm. And continues to look extremely aggressive. Um, Especially going and attacking the rim. I, I just, I know I told you this before we got started recording, but I'm really going to have a hard time trading him away if he continues to play like this and into the postseason. I mean, this kind of attacking, uh, and going at the rim and that, you know, we talked, we talked about this several weeks ago, just not fumbling the ball on the way, just a much more controlled handle. Like this is the real breakthrough for him. I think, I think this is it. It would just be unfortunate to watch him just completely take off next year with another team. Oh, it would be, you know, and, and there was a report this week that, uh, and, and there's a, there seems to be a new report every day right now, but the report was there's no way the Celtics could do a deal with the Pelicans without Smart and Tatum being in the deal. Well, then, you know, then Justin, you get, you get your wish, I guess. I, I don't think. That's the way it's going to go down. I can't but, lose Tatum either, though. <laughs> well, right. I mean, but you, I mean, it's, right. It'll take something, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a situation where I think most Celtics fans would rather see Brown be the, the uh, focal point of the deal. I think the vast majority of Celtics fans would feel that way. I'm, I'm among them. But as you said, of late, what he's doing on both ends of the court, showing real aggression, showing real purpose out there, 
it, it makes it's it difficult. not murdered by the refs anymore either. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> but, you know, remember, he was just a magnet for the fouls, even though he had all this. And, and maybe it's just the little things and he figured out how to pull them back. I mean, I know he still gets some calls there, but, you know, everybody deals with that. It's just, it seemed like, it seemed like he was constantly picking those up. It was actually going to limit his minutes if he was a starter. And, uh, you know, I think that's definitely backed off. I, I think that's clearing up for him, which is also important. And you're right. It's got to be you, – you really want to keep Tatum. And if you have to choose between the two, but they just have such a soft spot for them staying together. Um, really bad. Well, and, and that's that's the, the – you know, before you go down the road of was Kyrie staying or going and all that, you know, that you're right. I mean, that, and that's kind of what I think drove a lot of your frustration last week. And that, you know, look, we want, there's something special about rooting for a team that is made up of your homegrown guys. You know, you see them start from rookies putting on the cap the first time, you know, there's, there's a sentimental piece to it, but there's, you know, there's also real investment that we all have in, in those players. Um, but you know, as we saw with, you know, I, I had a, a real investment with, with Al Jefferson. I, Al was, I loved Al Jefferson. I thought he was really a great player. I thought he had a real opportunity to grow as a player. I think injuries sapped him of, of that potential. But, you know, when Kevin Garnett came to town, I, I kind of got on board pretty fast. So it's, you know, the, the opportunity to get Kevin Garnett, it, it takes a cost. That's a high cost. And the, the cost to get Anthony Davis will be a high cost. Never mind whatever Kevin Durant situation, uh, you know, crops up or doesn't. So there's just a lot of, there's so many different pieces about this. Uh, you don't want to see them lose those guys, but unfortunately it's just the, the high cost of getting a, a top five player in the NBA is, it's going to necessitate us losing, you know, key pieces. And, you know, you just hate to see, um, too much, too much go out the door. And, and I think smart emotionally would be the hardest probably to take. I don't want to lose Tatum because I love the player and I think he can be a great guy, a great player for this team and in the NBA moving forward. But smart would really be. Um, much more, I think, of a gut punch out of all the possible Especially because he's scoring. finally hitting three-pointers too, right? Like sure, the criticism sure. on that man the entire time that made him expendable was that one thing. It was like if he could get that three-point shot to fall, maybe even just get above 30%, <laughs> hmm. we'd all be like a lot happier with this player. You know, just in general, and he's finally there, but he's an emotional leader too. And, you know, that, that speaks volumes to what you were just saying there, just in terms of why it would be emotional for the fans to lose him too. Real quick, everybody, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition, full length, locker room interviews, the garden report, the round table, and yours truly, Celtic Stuff Live. So, so John, are you like almost ranking the players you don't want to lose when you to, you know, you kind of have Marcus Smart number one. That's going to be the hardest one to lose, or you know, and and let's say this too: they're not that far away 
from third place. Like I think second place, obviously out of reach first place, way out of reach, mm-hmm. you know, but as far as leapfrogging, you know, Indiana and Philadelphia, despite all this slogging long since the all-star break, normally three wins in a row doesn't necessarily move you up the standings, but they're really not, they could totally get to number three. Do you think they will? Do you think this is the true turning point that we keep waiting for? Or do you think it's going to be just an up and down kind of ride for the rest of the year? I mean, we obviously have to talk about Kyrie Irving's piece in Yahoo Sports, uh, you know, from the Lakers game in the locker room afterwards. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, and maybe this kind of dovetails into that conversation anyway. But do you think this is the turning point? Are you seeing what you think we need to see from this team chemistry wise? Well, I think, I think turning point can go a couple different ways. I think Kyrie Irving has made a turning point in his, in his, you know, um, I guess evolution as a, as a leader, as a growing leader on this team. I don't think that the team necessarily has made, you know, the, 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 the flip switch. I think that the team of February though is gone. So I think that that's, that's one thing we can put aside. I think we're, we're back to looking at where we were, uh, in January. I think we're, we've got a better Gordon Hayward with the January team. I think that there's still, this team still has the, those communication issues. I think there's still a disconnect there from time to time. I think there's still, for whatever reason, they have a hard time coalescing into a singular focus. But I think Kyrie Irving, their leader, the player who I think has been a funk for the last six weeks and, and brought his team along with him, uh, down in that funk, uh, I think he's out of it now. I think he's kind of figured something out. I think he's figured out that what he needs to do and what he needs to say, how he needs to lead this team. And I think all of his public statements really, um, you know, even going a bit before, but, you know, basically from the time they landed off of Soul Plane, uh, the Celtics charter where seemingly it, it just something clicked. And, and arguably, I guess before that, when he sat down with Brad Stevens and something clicked in that meeting, we could talk all we want about the plane, but I think it's that, that sit down with Brad Stevens where this started to evolve and Kyrie's sitting on the plane and they're playing Uno. And I think there's just that, that fog was lifted, that, that weight was lifted from him, from the team. And they're back to just being players playing and trying to get better. That's good. It's not caustic. It's not toxic. Well, they just need to have a little fun. It can definitely get better, but they do need to have a little fun with it. Um, It just takes a lot of that stress and those issues off the table, right? I mean, that's Mm – you see good teams. You you and I were talking about – you know, I coach my daughter's team. You coach your son's teams. You know, we were talking a little bit about that before the show and just how much fun it is to watch a team really come together and grow and improve. And when they're having fun, it seems to happen faster. And this, I I think maybe, I think things spiraled out of control when they didn't meet expectations coming out of the gate. And it just got really ugly really fast. And because this team didn't have necessarily... They weren't necessarily together last year, right? The chemistry that came was kind of a different dynamic. So, and this changed that. So when things got ugly, all the same questions we were asking, they had to be asking themselves. And I think it just spiraled out of control a hundred percent. I also think that, and we'll talk about Kyrie in a second, but he was good 
to, uh, you know, sort of admit that he hasn't been perfect either, you know, despite he still levies a decent amount of criticism at social media and the media in general for sort of fabricating or generating drama. So we'll talk about that when we come back from a, a short break in a second. But, um, but I, I do think that, I think that there's something with Kyrie that happened in the background besides what you just mentioned. You know, I think he must have talked to some players. I think that, you know, there's a, there was an additional step that we'll never hear about because he doesn't want it to get around, you know, that has probably helped pull down some of those barriers. So they're probably on the road to having a little bit of fun, and they probably cleared the air, but there's still a lot of healing to do. Yeah, I, I think there was a pretty interesting uh, podcast, I guess, between that Darius Miles and uh, Quentin Richardson uh, host on on – Players Tribune, and they had uh, Kyrie and Jason Tatum on there, and I've, I haven't gotten all the way through it, so uh, you know I'm, I'm not going to give the full report here. But it's very clear those two are close. Those two, and, and that was the guy that in the the report, Duke connection. I mean, that, Duke that stuff matters. Yep. Same agent. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a bond there. But I, I don't. There was a report, there, you know, right after the Houston game of. Well, the only people that Kyrie talks to is Tatum. Well, clearly they're, they're closer. But the game I went to, the only he talked briefly to Tatum. He spent his whole time talking to, to Morris and Jerome Allen. That's it. I, I don't think you know. So the idea that I, I and I, I know others, um, and this may be kind of what you're saying. You know, John Corrales on the on Locked On was talking about how Kyrie was going to hang out with Rob Williams and, and Gershon Yabuselli. Not exactly a trio I would think of, but it happened. And so, you know, I, I think that there's, I, I don't, I think I basically let's pour cold water on, on whatever was going on before. But I think that this is a situation where Kyrie, he got a funk. He's bad. He, you know, he's mad. He's upset. He's frustrated. He's, you know, he's, he's getting in his own head. Clearly he's a guy that gets in his own head. Yeah. Um, and and so and the team is going to react that to that. The team is going to react to that. All right, so Absolutely. we're going to table that. We're going to come right back and talk about all the Kyrie stuff. But first, losing your hair, well, it just plain sucks. And you don't realize how much you care about it until you notice that you're starting to lose it. That's why you should use Keeps. It's the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair that you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much money, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes and just $1 a day, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. The sign-up takes less than five minutes. You answer a few questions, snap some photos of your hair, and a licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. Some of you have probably tried them before, but you've probably never gotten them for this price. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. That's a steal. Plus, now you can get your first month for free. That's from us. It's one hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash stuff. That's keeps.com slash stuff. 
That's because you're a loyal listener of Celtics Stuff Live. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash stuff. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, John. So the article, uh, basically, uh, Yahoo sits down with Kyrie. He's kind of getting done after the Lakers game. I love how they set up the LeBron portion of the article with Kyrie taking the charge uh, and getting called for blocking. So he didn't really take the charge. Tried to take the charge. Gets called for the blocking foul. LeBron goes to the line. You know, but they, they're waiting – they're waiting for this, and this would be one of those situations that Kyrie mentions being frustrated with, which is the manufacturing of drama by the media. And instead of them turning this into a drama fest with between him and LeBron, uh, they really talk about how Kyrie is apologizing and saying, you know, he didn't make all the right choices. But he is sticking to his guns on the fact that social media is having an impact on people's moods and attitudes. And the truth is, he's 100% right. He's 100% right. Um, during the presidential election, I uninstalled Facebook because I just couldn't be around it. Um, turns out most of the stuff I was seeing wasn't even real anyway. But, um, you know, he uninstalled Instagram. He uninstalled Facebook. He hasn't been on any of those social media accounts for like three months, I think, is what Chris said. So um, I think that's a good start. And I definitely think it's going to help somebody come out of a funk. Um, you know, they talk about it all the time. You know, don't pay attention to the haters. But. Uh, social media is a very easy access for haters to kind of get into your head. And as you said right before the break, this is a guy who clearly lives in his head. He does. And it's, and I, and I hate to, I hate to say that that's just a reality of it, but it's why I think he's, he, at one point, he really wants to be a leader. I think that's what he wants, but he's not self aware enough to understand that his, his the peaks and valleys that he rides on as as an individual um, really do um, make it difficult for him to serve as a leader, and that's why you know I think in recent days some of his comments have really been like, look, I can't, I can't live, you know, go from a high of of winning and then you know the low of losing and letting that kind of ride with me. I've just got to go next game, next game, next game. Who do we know that sounds like that? Let me think. Um, oh, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. That's what he tried to impart on his players. You know, and you could almost kind of see where you know, people were saying, well, this is not a Brad Stevens season. This isn't, you know, they kind of go high and they go low. Why is that? It's because they're following, you know, the, the star player. And the star player is up here and he's down low and he's up high and he's down low. And that has been a problem. That's been a problem for the team. Let's hope that's why I'm saying Thursday night is an opportunity for Kyrie to say, look, we didn't play well against the Clippers. We, it's a new game here on Thursday. Can they, can they maintain that? Can they have that mental toughness that they need to be able to not, uh, be so, uh, you know, bipolar, I suppose, as a team? And, and I think what's, you know, and going to that, to go back to the other, just to go to a jump to the other point that you raised, I find it interesting that, that who wrote that article, but <laughs> Chris Haynes, Chris Haynes, who is Clutch Sports's guy, who wrote the initial articles, uh, really, and, and kind of the, the chatter about how LeBron was, how Kyrie talked to LeBron and how the potentially he might want to come back to LA. Or might want to come out to play with LeBron. 
Like that's where it all started was with Chris Haynes. So I find it pretty interesting that, that it begins and it ends with Chris Haynes, right? That's funny. That's funny. And they really only have two games this week, right? Um, and they got the Monday night game against the Nuggets, which technically should be on the other side of our next show. So they really just, what, the Kings on Thursday and then the Hawks on Saturday, like a midday matinee or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just those two. Just the yeah. You know, the, the they get a little bit of a break, right? There's some rest built into this schedule for them, which is not a bad thing either, necessarily. Yeah. I, well, you know, when you get that long road trip, you need you need a day to kind of re readjust. They stayed overnight last. Uh, well, on Sunday night into Monday, or Tuesday, Monday night into Tuesday, they stayed over. So they flew out Tuesday uh, to come back east. Um, judging by Gordon Hager, Hayward's Instagram, he went to bed. So I think, uh, you know, this is a rest day for them and now they'll get back in the gym here on, uh, on Wednesday to, uh, before they get prepared for a Kings team. They'll probably be, uh, first of all, a good Kings team, a team that pushes you as does the Clippers. I mean, both teams, I think, push you more than their records would indicate. Uh, but a probably a Kings team that feels like they, they could have had one there. Now I think, I don't think that game was as close as it made, as it ended up being, but, Certainly, well, I'm Sacramento's sure the Kings feisty. I mean, Sacramento's definitely feisty. The difference really is that now they're coming out to the East Coast. I mean, that's that's where you get some of those sucker punches is on those road trips. And you know, Golden State's always suffers one when they make their longer East Coast swing. Um, it's usually the second night, uh, or not the second night. It's usually the night after or the game after they play the Celtics that that sucker punch <laughs> seems to come. But uh, but every team goes through that. I, I have a feeling it'll be. I think they'll kill him on Thursday night, to be honest with you. I think they learned enough in that game. And one thing Brad Stevens does really well with his teams is adjust. And they have some real recency experience in how that game went that I think they can all kind of remember. And, you know, they haven't changed things or, you know, dealt with anything new to a point where they might forget. Um, you know, or be like, oh, it's not quite as applicable as it was before. You know, I think, I think it definitely is going to be one of those things where they make an adjustment, sort of like a postseason adjustment, but not quite the same, and, and they kill them. Um, I think they'll kill the Hawks too, obviously. Um, so I, I, I think they're definitely a two and O week, you know, coming up, but <laughs> that's, that's going to be just do first. Do you just, just do O and two. It worked out well for us last time. All right. O and two. <laughs> You go two and zero. I'll go two. Why, why mess with a good thing? I, I'm just—they're not winning another game, as far as I'm concerned, for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, yes, right. I think that's the—I think that's the right call for you. I think they're not going to lose again, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no more predictions on this show. You're None. going undefeated, and I'm going no. I'm—I I'm, have them predicted to fall out of the postseason. Right. There's no chance they even make it. Um, all right, so we got a couple of minutes left, but I, I wanted to ask you what you thought about this Serge Ibaka, Marquise Chris dust up. Um, you know, this is kind of maybe not going, not going back to the Ron Artest in the stands level, but you know, this is, this is maybe like a Dominique and uh, Larry Bird sort of level, you know, but the way that, you know, the media and the league and everybody else reacts to these things is, you know, a, a stark contrast from, you know, the bird and, and, uh, Dominique dust. Well, yeah, but I, I think that's, I think it was because it was more commonplace then. I mean, 
that was that was every week there was a fight somewhere in the 80s especially in the 90s you know and now the the game has been le- we've legislated that type of play out you know you look at it somebody cross-eyed and and you're tossed out of the game that's you know <laughs> i mean that's that's the way it is now and that's i don't i don't mind the physical play i, I think sucker punching and stuff like that that's when things get i think that's oh, just ugly. Yeah, it's just ugly. You Somebody know? can get really hurt, right. you know, and uh, you're not really able to defend yourself, etc. Um, I'm down with Toronto losing losing Ibaka for a period of time, though. Yep. I think I, I think that that's a situation that the Raptors. I think they're going to have a harder time getting Ibaka and Gasol figuring that balance out. That's just my guess. I know the Celtics had a hard time in that game, but it wasn't because of Ibaka and it wasn't because of Gasol. It's because they, because of Norman Powell and, and Pascal Siakam. Like that's why they, they, they lost that game. I think their big man rotation is going to be a problem for Toronto and whatever it takes to further cause that to be an issue or make Gasol think he should start and Ibaka doesn't get to start or whatever sort of internal um, issues. Yeah, you want them to their, have their chemistry great. concerns. I know what you're saying. We, like, we got more than enough over here. Thanks. Yep. You know, your turn. Your turn. You shoulder right. this load. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we got this whole year with Kawhi. But sometimes Leonard. this sparks teams. Do you think? Do you think this yeah. actually they rally around Ibaka and then it winds up, you know, sort of like solving that problem instead of making that problem worse? I mean, it could go either way, right? It usually does. Yeah, but it's, it, you know, it's always that thing where I, I think it's more about Gasol. Like if Gasol was the guy in that fight, I could see that being the case. Ibaka's been there, right? Gasol's been there for all about 20 minutes. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, how do you, how do you rally around the new guy who's taking minutes away from the guy who's been here and, and helped us be very successful this season? You know, that's what I see. And. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe Gasol fits in well because he's a good passer and, you know, all of that. But I don't know. I just – I don't think that – whatever it takes to get more you know, hate and discontent uh, north of the border, I am all for. Yeah, me too. I definitely want that team to disintegrate. Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so uh, on on a related note, I have a question for you. What's the best situation you want to find yourself in playoff wise? You mean like which seed? Yeah. Yeah. How do you, what would be an ideal situation? I think you, I think we do really want to be in the three. I really do. And play Toronto. Yeah. I want to be in the two. Yeah. I want to be in the two, three bracket. I actually do want to avoid Milwaukee because yeah, you want Milwaukee. So you want to be in that four or five. I don't know. I, I, I was I was wondering if you could convince me otherwise. So tell me why you think three and going up to play Toronto. Why why do you like that? Uh, mostly because I think that um, they are ready for Giannis to become a star, and I I I think that we're going to find it very difficult to get the calls that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're letting him travel now as it is, like not not like the not like the James Harden. Step back travel, 
which is definitely a travel, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, he creates a little space, but he's still making a huge distance shot, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. fading away. So there's a part of me that's like, eh, eh, you live with that. But like Giannis gets to take five steps on his way from not dribbling beyond the three point line <laughs> all the way to the rim. And that scares me in the postseason because I also, you know, it's, it's only one step away from that. You know, that he's getting four steps at least and then nobody can even stand in front of him. And, and I think, you know, the league kind of does this thing with those players. And we saw happen a lot with LeBron in a little bit different ways. You know, he would just charge the hell out of everybody. And, you know, that seemed unfair that they'd let him get away with it being that he's 270 pounds and he's just knocking, you know, anybody who stands in his way pays, but not only do they pay, they don't even get the call. You know what I mean? So who the hell is going to get in LeBron's way and take that kind of punishment knowing that the call is never going to go their way? This is different. You're not going to get rolled by Giannis, but that guy having that kind of length and already having that kind of a step, basically almost like nearly not having to dribble after half court, and then you're going to give him the playoff calls, I think it's going to be really tough. And they want this. They want this so bad. The Greek freak, he's sexy, he's sellable. You know, he's a rising star. They get the Eastern Conference to be totally changed up. They need somebody in the Eastern Conference to take LeBron, to fill LeBron's shoes. But I also think that the league really wants the Celtics to be the comeback kids too. They want them to come out of the basement on this. They, they want them to surprise everybody. That's a great story. This team gels and, and reignites sort of the magic from last year in a way and gets their crap together for the postseason and charges. I actually think that I feel like the Celtics are going to be a, I think it's Celtics and Milwaukee are the darlings from the league's perspective. I mean, I don't think the league likes what Kawhi did. And I think, you know, they're not necessarily going to punish him for that, but Mm -hmm. he's also not going to get rewarded for it. And uh, so I actually think that that plays a little bit into the, into the hands of the Celtics. So I I, I do think the Eastern conference finals ends up being Milwaukee, Boston. And I think, I think we want to be in that two, three, because I, I think that, you know, the league would, would like nothing better. That's a good point. I I hadn't really looked at the the narrative aspect of that, and I think you're right. It's think- just like what. Hold on, real quick. It's just yeah. what Kyrie said. This is about entertainment. If you're not seeing through that when you watch these games, and we learn nothing from Tim Donaghy, whether ten percent of what he said was true, right? I'm just saying. Okay, JV. <laughs> I said ten percent. JV was all in. <laughs> But if you don't think that they're selling a narrative, this is a product, you know? Yeah. This is the product and the narrative is important to to how things go. Do they do they one hundred percent make it go that way? No, because guys still gotta make shots and the narrative may have to adjust on the fly and there's probably two or three secondary narratives and all of that. But but I think that the primary narrative is, you know, Celtics do the New England thing and you cater to all these basketball nuts. We're the underdogs somehow, you know, just like Brady was somehow an underdog for the Super Bowl, right? It's like we're, you know, they count us out. We're the underdogs. They're just playing into a market and they're playing into a a region and their attitude. So uh, parts of this failure on the Celtics is exactly what the league would want to see. And then you have this rising star in Giannis who's sort of taken the mantle from LeBron and, 
they want, they definitely want to, I mean, there's other great players on Milwaukee. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's really all about, you know, him and him being a star and him being marketable. And so that, I think if the league has a primary narrative, they, they want Boston, Milwaukee in the, in the final, in the Eastern Conference finals. I think you're right about that. I think that would be an ideal for, for the, they certainly don't want Toronto. Toronto, remember, is, is a, a zero in terms of, um, when they're figuring out how much to, they can get in terms of ratings. So Toronto is never a team that they want to see do well <laughs> because it kills their ratings, right? Because one of the markets is, is an absolute null. So in terms of – And I think they like the Embiid and yes. uh, and Giannis matchup too, which is another reason I think. Yes. Like they kind of work in that 1-4, you know, semifinals yep. while the Celtics and, and Toronto are – and there's enough history with the Celtics in Toronto that they can, mm-hmm. you know, make that a best case scenario, mm-hmm. despite, like you said, Toronto being a zero and there's, there's enough there. There's something there. I, I, but at least they, they, the idea would be keep them out of the conference finals, you know, and, you know, if you end up with a Sixers Bucks, uh, conference finals, it's okay. You know, there's something to sell there, but I think a Celtics Bucks is, that's probably the best of all scenarios, potential scenarios. You know, I don't well, think it is because uh, you've got Kyrie and his marketability, and then you have, yes. you know, the, you know, Giannis is at that point now. You know, you have two yep. very marketable individuals, one very marketable brand. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sixers Celtics was, you know, that's a nice one. That's a, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a one that's going to be coming down the pike, maybe, depending on how that team continues to grow. And they definitely, they have enough talent on the team, but yeah. they're, but I don't, I don't think they're going to get by Milwaukee, but if they did, um, they'd Perfect. still be just as happy. Yeah. I think the league would be just as happy, you know, for that one being a coin flip because there's a rematch from last year between Philly and Boston. There's tons of history there and they still have several very marketable players that are up and comers on Philly. And so. Uh, there is an element that says, you know, Philly and Bucks, but I don't think Philly, you know, gets into the two, three bracket. I think yeah. they're destined for the four five. Well, I think, you know, for, in terms of the Milwaukee, you know, or, or the Philly aspect to it, to me, obviously, I, I think a Philly Milwaukee semifinal is probably Boston's best bet because Giannis is going to have to deal with um, the Simmons, um, the Simmons deal with, uh, Giannis, to me, that's, you know, let those two kind of do their thing. Um, and whoever, you know, and, and Embiid, obviously, um, I think that that's, that's probably Boston's best bet of, of having a, a walk at some sort of easy uh, run in this playoff is to see Philly knock off Milwaukee. And I think it could happen. Truthfully, Milwaukee has been playing great. No, Don't it, get could, me wrong. it definitely, no, but, it definitely could happen in the postseason. Right. Coach they've got Bud. Jimmy Butler. So, you know, that they got a guy who can make big shots. Absolutely. They have the right pieces. They just still putting it together. And, but if yeah. they, come, if they, and they have the Boston, athleticism. They killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part of it. Right. Is that we are their kryptonite. So, Maybe Philly, they did last year. They go on a run. You know, they beat the Pacers, uh, you know, dilapidated, uh, Oladipo-less Pacers. 
they they get hot, they they play Milwaukee and they just punish them down low. Brooke Lopez doesn't stand a chance because Embiid is 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 giving him the work. Uh, same with Simmons, and I and I think Philly is going to be tougher actually in the playoffs because their their rotation will be shorter. So I think they'll be actually be a better team than they are in the regular season. And I think you're right. I think Toronto probably is the team that you might want to face. I was I was kind of thinking, well, maybe you want to be four and play Milwaukee, but. I think the best bet. I mean, really Toronto is, gives us fits. Like, they do. Let, let's let's be real. They give us fits, and they it's do. a tough matchup. And I see where you, I see where you are coming from on that for a hundred percent. But they're not going to be able to play Philly. Um, no, you know that's, that's it's not going right. to work out that way. Right. So they you have to choose between Milwaukee and Toronto, and you know Kawhi's an amazing player, and he can definitely he could he could just you know, carry that team with his defense and, you know, definitely the offense too, but the defense in the postseason is a big factor. And so he is, he's a scary X factor from that standpoint versus Milwaukee. You know, I'm not saying Milwaukee doesn't play, you know, good defense, but they don't have a single player that just, you know, can shut down like Kawhi. I mean, there's a reason he's been, you know, uh, most valuable defensive player, defensive player of the year. Um, you know, because he's phenomenal. <laughs> he's absolutely phenomenal. So that part, that part scares me, but I, I feel like the Celtics have enough to spread it around that they can kind of negate his defense, just shutting them down. Right. Because they don't have necessary, they have one go-to player, but if Jalen Brown keeps this up, you know, they can attack from different areas and that's really what they have to do. They're going to have to go to multiple. It, uh, Horford could be huge. Horford could be huge and playoff Horford's totally different than regular season Horford too. So, um, we got to wrap the show. And, uh, so I think this is going to do it for this week's show, but the broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. Remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Dude, I faded. I don't know if you'd like notice my energy level just I go did. right off the cliff. I did. But I was like, this is our outtake. I got nothing basketball related. <laughs> Dude, I just lost gas. I hit the wall. I have to go to bed. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> you got it. You got it. That's all right. Nope. Fair <sighs> enough. I did you will... notice it? Yes. I mean, it was, it was like noticeable, right? Yes. We just had a moment in the show and it was just like, I was powering down. <laughs>